Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris. I'm joined by Matt, and this is season three, episode three. This week we will be investigating some obscure cover bands. We'll be reviewing our Spotify Wrapped for 2022, and of course, the reason we're all here is we're going to be talking to mega Pink Floyd fan Nikki Starbuck. How's it going, Matt? It's going good. Yeah. How are you doing? Are you been watching the footy? Oh God! Why does you have to ruin a whole episode? <laughs> If I bring it up the footy, I've not. I couldn't so, tell you. Are we still in it? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Sorry, I'm trying to get down with the lads. So never mind. I think we both failed. <laughs> I won't do that again. Yeah. Thank you. You sent me not one but two miniature Kiss cover bands today. So God knows what you've been googling. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I I didn't think we would actually bring this up, but since you mentioned it, how could I not bring you? that up? Well, well, I I found two two kiss tribute bands made up of of members who are dwarfs and it, they're called tiny kiss and mini kiss they're kind of like rivals i think oh that, that was going to be my question do you think they are aware of each other yeah they're definitely aware of each other yeah some kind of beef going on there <laughs> do you think there is so i haven't looked at mini kiss but i looked at tiny kiss and they're hilarious because none of them are playing i mean i don't know if they play the instruments but certainly in the the live video that you sent me they don't play the instruments they're just kind of lip sync oh no they're not lip syncing they are actually singing no they are singing yeah they're singing but the music is a backing track and they're not even pretending to play the instruments (laughs) they're not strumming the guitars they're just kind of holding them and uh a a few of them don't look like they really want to be there at all no i know yeah i i think tiny kiss uh they, they seem a lot more into it than mini kiss to be honest i would see <laughs> tiny kiss over mini kiss <laughs> good brilliant what's some of your so you've been you've been googling tribute bands generally have you you know, I, you know how i love interesting tribute bands and especially ones that use prosthetics or humor or you know interesting costumes <laughs> interesting gimmicks i love gimmicks I mean, uh, I just think if you see a good band, it's not just an audio experience, is it? it's a visual one as well. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that's I think that's how it should be. You know, if I had a band and I could do whatever I wanted with it, free reign, uh, everyone would be wearing like massive costumes, like stilts and all sorts. Yeah. Light up heads. Just just go <laughs> mad. <laughs> so have so you anyway. found have you found a tribute band wearing prosthetics? Well, when you say prosthetics, I mean like there's there's guys with costumes. Um, prosthetics is a bit uh, it's 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 a lot of work, isn't it? I guess. All right, I was picturing someone wearing a rubber face to look more like Bruce Dickinson. Oh wow, no, that's that would be an interesting idea. That would be commitment, <laughs> but no, <laughs> no. Well, that would be creepy, actually, wouldn't it? Oh, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. No, I I have I have been looking for some interesting tribute bands just because I I love them. I absolutely love them. I find them really fun so i thought i'd give you the names and see if you can guess what their gimmick is or what sort of thing they're doing oh god what kind of music they're playing i'm not gonna be good at this <laughs> okay okay so this is a band called koi division oh yeah that's an easy start isn't it that's a joy division yeah it's, it's joy division yeah but but what's their gimmick oh they've got a gimmick okay um yeah they're called Koi Division. They're, they're a little bit shy and they don't come out of the wings. <laughs> no, no. So it's it's Koi spelled K-O-I. Oh, right. Are they, they're fish. <laughs> yeah, they're fish. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's the end. Good night, everybody. <laughs> 
yeah. So yeah, they're dressed up as fish. <laughs> you know, you know what? When I when I saw them, I've been watching videos of them and listening to them, and, and I didn't laugh or anything. I just thought, oh, that's fun. But now that I'm actually saying it out loud, it's like, oh yeah, that's 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 funny. So yeah, they're, they're dressed up as fish, but also they... <laughs> oh my god, you're not joking. They are dressed up as fish. Well, they've got fish masks on. They're not not. <laughs> They have fish masks on, but they also have changed the lyrics to make them more fish-based. For example, perform Love Will Tear Us Apart as Lures Will Catch Us a Carp. Oh my god. And you can see all their lyrics online. So I don't really know, I don't quite understand all the puns, but I'm sure people will get it if they are Joy Division fans. But yeah, Koi Division, if you want to see band who, they sound, they sound very similar to Joy Division and they are wearing fish masks. It's a bizarre choice, isn't it? Yeah, but they got quite a big following. Um, right, moving on. Uh, this is a band that I have mentioned before on the podcast, but you have quite a bad memory, so I'm wondering if you will remember. Okay, I so do have a bad are... memory. You're right. Yeah, these guys are called Mac Sabbath. Um, okay, so it's obviously a Black Sabbath tribute band, and I don't remember you mentioning these guys. So. Are they all wearing raincoats? No, 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 they're not. Um, oh, oh, they, yes, 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 yes. They all dress as members of Ronald McDonald's crew. They are, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. that's right. I've actually seen, I, I think you might have sent me a video of them, or I've just seen a video of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their lyrics are all about fast food. So Iron Man by Black Sabbath is now called Frying Pan. The, the, the lyrics are like, cows, we're going to grind. Hope your stomach is well lined. Oh Do goodness. I have the gall? Chopping onions makes me ball, etc. Yeah, they're all they're all dressed up as... Ron, they are Ronald Osborne, Slayer McCheese, Grimalis, and the Cat Burglar. Wow. Oh, yeah, they played at Download, apparently, one time. That's amazing. Right, I don't know um, if I could sit through a whole set of that, though. No, it's a bit... It's, it's really gimmicky. Yeah, it's a bit cringe. There is a, a video on YouTube of Ozzy Osbourne actually coming to watch them. It's oh, really? One man show, and it's it's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> you yeah, just really know what to make of it. <laughs> well, you're going to laugh for one song, aren't you? But by the time they get to the third or fourth song. Yeah, exactly. Um, this one's easy. The Red Hot Chili Pipers. Yes, I, I know these guys because actually they've... I read an article about them a couple of years ago where they said people had bought tickets to see them thinking they were the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Uh, and that was not uncommon. That that happened fairly regularly. Mm. Are they bagpipers? or a, a, It's got nothing to do with Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're not a cover band at all, are they? They're, they're just a... They are a cover band. Uh, oh, they, they They play rock covers. Uh, right. They are, a, they are a rock band, but they also happen to have um, three Highlands bagpipers and a traditional marching snare. Okay. And their shows also feature Highland dancing. You know, amongst the the heavy rock. Oh, cool, but but um, am I right in saying they're not gimmicky? They are making, they are playing legit music, and it, it's similar oh, similar they, to how sort of Brass Against are playing. They might be playing covers of stuff, but they're doing it not in yeah. a gimmicky way. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, I'm using the gimmick word loosely. When I say gimmick, I mean it's it's an interesting twist on things. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's there's no other band like this. Yeah, uh, and these guys are really good musicians. The band leader, he he actually has a a degree in bagpiping. Oh wow! I wonder how many people sat for that course. Apparently, he's the he's the first person to ever get that degree. Well, that answers the question, then, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. But they're really good. And if you ever go to like, well, I used to go to Edinburgh like every other weekend, and they just play Red Hot Chili Pipers out of these touristy shops all the time, <laughs> just playing like all sorts of like heavy rock, like Queen songs, but it's bagpipes, and you think, oh, this is just super cheesy. You know, you're trying to get us all in your touristy shops, but they are really good, really good band. That's cool. I like that one. Okay, this one you might get because you have some sort of family links to Germany. Okay. These guys are these guys are called Krampstein. Okay, so they're obviously a, a Ramstein tribute act. And yes. Krampstein. Have you heard of the Krampus? Oh, as in the the fictional character. Yeah, no, I mean, um, in Germany, I believe, and in other parts of Europe, the Krampus is basically like the anti-Santa. So Santa gives presents to children who are good, and the Krampus punishes children who are bad. Yeah, in Krampstein, the band performs dressed as creatures that look like the Krampus. They've got horns, and they've got, like, hooves, and weird, like, goatee faces, and... They wear Santa hats, of course, and yeah, they're they're doing Ramstein songs, but they've changed the lyrics to make it all Christmassy. Interesting, I like it. Yeah, they were also a supporting act for Max Sabbath. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a show that's going to be! Those two. Yeah, mad, absolutely mad. Okay, a couple more. So these guys are called Beatallica. Oh, I mean, it's obviously Metallica, but uh, what the B for? Do they dress as bees? <laughs> That would be fun. That would be fun. No, it's uh, beat Alica as in B E A T, Alica. So you mean you mean beat like a, yeah, like B E A T, beat Alica. Yeah. So is it electronic? No, it's not electronic. No, I give up. They very cleverly mix Beatles lyrics and Metallica lyrics with the music of Eva Or. It's blended so beautifully and fantastically. Uh, it's. It's it's amazing. You have to check these guys out. That sounds quite interesting. Yeah. So a, a good one, for example, is the thing that should not let it be. <laughs> okay. Uh, all you need is blood. <clears throat> Abbey <Wow>. Load. Abbey Load. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a porn star name. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the guitars and the vocals, they sound exactly like Metallica. Like they do a great job of that. And it's also the melodies of the Beatles and. The lyrics of the Beatles, but tweaked to sound like Metallica, and and it, it is really it really is like a band from an, a like a parallel universe. It's it's great, really good. I have to check these guys out a bit more. Yeah, that's really Cause, interesting because they clearly put a lot of effort into these arrangements. That's something I'd listen to more of. Yeah, fusion bands. Yeah, yeah, fusion like mashups. Yeah, I love I love mashup. Okay, and probably my last one: Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. <laughs> is that the same band? Richard Cheese is the guy in charge and Lounge Against the Machine is his band. Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. I haven't got a clue on that. I mean, Lounge Against the Machine sounds like Rage Against the Machine. But I don't know where they're going with the lounge and the... I mean, oh, maybe Lounge Against the Machine is just Rage Against the Machine songs played in sort of a jazzy lounge kind of style. You're halfway there, so it is basically like lounge jazz. It's not specifically Rage Against the Machine, it's it's heavy rock covers, but it's really quality jazz with really good horn arrangements, beautiful jazz piano. And Richard Cheese, he's 
he sounds like a proper crooner, you know, like he can do all, uh, all the Frank Sinatra impressions, uh, but he's singing like People Equal Shit by Slipknot. It's, it's really good, really good jazz. And he's, he uses the same lyrics. Yeah, it's all the same lyrics, but the arrangements that they, they somehow fit, it's, it's very, it's, it's mind boggling how they do it, but yeah, it, it just fits, fits this mm. style of music really well. That sounds really intriguing. Yeah, and it makes me want to check out all their stuff to see just how they've done all these all these songs, you know? I mean, like, like they've got a, an album called Aperitif for Destruction, which I love. It's so good. And Wel- Welcome to the Jungle is, like, my standout track that I've heard so far on there. Okay. Really good. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the, the obscure cover bands that I've found. Yeah, amazing. Just very quickly on tribute acts. Have you ever, have you ever been to see a, a tribute act? No, I'd love to, actually. Uh, yeah, because some artists get quite a lot. I mean, Pink Floyd, for one, for example. Obviously, this episode's going to be we're going to oh, be talking yeah. to um, to Nicky about Pink Floyd, and they're a band that has, I mean, so many tribute acts, and they're they're also a band who fans of Pink Floyd do tend to like the tribute acts and follow the yeah. tribute acts, which is really interesting. I've been to see a tribute act years ago. In my late teens, I went to see a Led Zeppelin tribute act, and. You know, it was a pre- it was a pretty decent gig. It was in a theatre, and it was it was packed out. Uh, it was seated, but it was a it was a decent sized gig. Yeah, and they were really good. You know, the, I mean, the the guy didn't sound like Robert Plant, but Robert Plant's got a very recognisable voice. Yes, but the music was fantastic, and I had a I had a good night. So, but and I think for bands like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, you know, those are bands that we're never going to see. Oh, we're yeah, never going to exactly. see the real Pink Floyd again. So exactly, yeah. I think yeah. that's that's the big appeal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, especially a younger version of bands who are now quite ancient. You know? Yes. So you could see like a like a tribute of the Who, but they would be playing them as the Who were in like the late sixties. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? The Who or um, or Rolling Stones bands that have 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 stayed together pretty much like to now yeah. go back and see like their old yeah. selves as well that's true yeah I, I, oh yeah I've, i don't know if you call it a tribute band but i did see genesis revisited which oh that's right yeah you mentioned that yeah they are kind of they are basically a tribute band but they inc- they have one of the original genesis members in the band so i don't know if that counts i think it counts i think it counts it's different enough yeah i mean that they were playing as if they were playing in their old sort of proper prog days you know yeah yeah yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into some Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd formed in 1965 with Sid Barrett on guitar and vocals, Roger Waters on bass and vocals, Richard Wright on keys and vocals, and Nick Mason on drums. Their debut album came out in 1967 and reached number six in the UK charts. During the recording of their second album, Sid Barrett left the band and guitarist and vocalist David Gilmore joined. This lineup continued until 1979, during which time they released 10 further studio albums, all breaking the UK top 10. They also saw increasing success overseas during this period, achieving several European, American and Australian number ones. After the highly successful The Wall album that stayed at number one in the US for 15 weeks, Richard Wright left the band. After a 12th studio release, Wright then returned and Roger Waters departed. 
Mason, Gilmore and Wright then went on to release two further records until Richard Wright's death in 2008. 2014 saw Gilmore and Mason put out a final 15th album, which reached number one in at least 23 countries. Given the age of the remaining members, the time that has passed and the ongoing relationship sagas, this is possibly it for Pink Floyd now. However, over their career spanning almost half a century, they've racked up more than a quarter of a million record sales, making them one of the most successful names in history. They have received countless awards and recognition for their work and are generally considered rock royalty. That was a real mouthful, that that speech. Uh, I fumbled quite a bit, but hopefully that gives listeners who have been living under a rock a bit of an idea of who Pink Floyd are. Yeah, incredible. Incredible careers. Uh, Do you want to give us a bit of background on your history with Pink Floyd? Well, I mean, I, I, I grew up listening to a lot of Pink Floyd. My dad loved them. And I, I, to me, I would say, and you might disagree with me or think this is really brash, but I've got to say it. Like To me, Pink Floyd are a bit like the Beatles, where if someone doesn't like Pink Floyd or they don't like the Beatles, then I don't trust their taste in music. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. I think, but But I think that... I think you can not like the Beatles and not like Pink Floyd, but still appreciate what they do. True, true. But I, I just think I just don't see how you can criticize this music. It's just it's like it's just like on another plane of reality. You know, it's it's almost like I don't know. It's very hard to, to find other music like this. You know, it's mm. it's 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 all such quality music. Like they are really clever guys. Um, with their instruments and with their technology and you know with the stuff they do on their shows it's it's they're absolutely amazing and and the fact that they have been so successful and yet so i guess contrary to like popular music in in the way they play that is true yeah it's a it's a real achievement and and also like the amount of music they kept releasing you know from piper the gates of dawn to i guess to like the wall you know it was it was practically an album every year or almost yeah they did 11 records in 12 years yeah yeah it's just insane absolutely insane so anyway yeah i I like this band a lot as you can tell i've just listened to a lot of them and and whenever it's on i will happily turn it up and yeah give it a good go i have good memories of i guess the the division bell growing up particularly i know that's not an album that a lot of people talk about but that one particularly sticks in my head. The front cover is like very, it's like a very clear image from my childhood, mm. you know. Uh, but also animals is a really big thing for me. I love, love animals. Um, the wall I didn't really hear until a few years ago. And it's it's really good. It's really epic. It's like a proper concept album, you know, like you really have to oh, yeah. sit through it and listen to the whole thing to really understand all the nuances and, and everything that they're trying to do. It's very hard to just pick out one song or two songs and listen to them, you know, in isolation. You have to yeah. really listen to it as one big thing. Dark Side of the Moon is, of course, like, you know, it's perfect. It's amazing. So, yeah, I could, I could just waffle on. But, yeah, I love this band. I, I'm not quite into their earlier stuff with uh, Sid Barrett, but give me a bit of time and give me a bit of drugs and I might <laughs> Even without Sid Barrett, the first sort of two or three records are much more... They're much more sort of of their time, experimental British rock. Yeah, totally. Whereas I think by sort of metal era, they've they've defined a more, they've chipped out a more unique sound of that's definitely Pink Floyd. You can hear there, yeah. and there's there's no one else sounding like them by that time. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, for me, it's uh, I I didn't 
I don't think I listened to a lot of Pink Floyd growing up. I, just because I didn't, it wasn't one of the influences I had. Um, when I when I say growing up, I mean like before I was old enough to yeah. really discover my own music. It's mostly what your parents are listening to and what's on the radio. And yeah. my dad wasn't really into Pink Floyd at all. That wasn't one of his favorite bands. So I I didn't receive any Pink Floyd at that point in my life. And then and this is not a very smart thing to say, but I have to be honest, is in my sort of early 20s, I kind of avoided Pink Floyd a little bit just because they were so hyped by other people around me that loved music. And mm. I felt that oh, just, I'm, I'm just very like that. <laughs> you know, when mm, when yeah. something's very hyped and very trendy, yeah. I tend to go, oh, I'm not into that then. That's like me, yeah. Yeah, so I, I avoided Pink Floyd a lot. And it was only really when I started hearing Dark Side of the Moon a lot because it was so regularly played in, in circles that I was associating with. That I thought, wow, that's a that's a phenomenal record. But I'd say to this day, I still don't listen to them very often. And if I do listen to Pink Floyd, it will be Dark Side of the Moon generally, or Wish You Were Here, mainly due to familiarity. Yeah, because I because I know the tracks and I like them. But I don't I don't have anything against Pink Floyd at all. And I and I absolutely uh, I think they're astounding musicians. And they're also one of those bands that I tell myself there is going to come a point in my life where I'm probably going to get really into Pink Floyd. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just an inevitability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if it comes to everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, but you're absolutely right with what you say that I hadn't really thought about it. But it's it's interesting the amount of success they've had, and the fact that the, the genre of music that they create. Yeah, it's not what you expect for someone of that caliber. Yeah, they're they're really like like I said, they're they're royalty in you know, certainly in, in British music. But uh, I think yeah. it's that I think it's seen that way all over the Western world at least, and probably not just in the West. And it's interesting because their sound of progressive experimental rock is not something that is necessarily normally that widely appreciated. No, no, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I spoke to Nikki Starbuck earlier in the week. It's got to be the greatest name of any superfan we've ever spoken to. Yeah, it's, she sounds like a rock star. She does sound like a rock star. Um, she was an amazing person and she had a lot to say about her love for Pink Floyd. So take a listen. really didn't get into the Floyd until I was in college, which has been, golly, 25 years ago. Uh, but growing up was more American country, you know, poppy kind of stuff, things that my folks listen to. And, you know, I get to college and I have a little more control over the things that I listen to. And, you know, I remember around that time, early 2000s, I just... I got into Led Zeppelin. I still absolutely love Led Zeppelin, but then I discovered Pink Floyd and it was game over at that time. <laughs> so I've been a big fan for many, many, many years. Has that fandom continued throughout this whole period? For sure. Yep. Many, yep. yep. A couple of decades. Yep. Absolutely. It is. It has been unwavered. Um, you know, I, I think it's all too common. People go through phases when it comes to, you know, a particular favorite band or, you know, and there are even people I've gone through phases with, but you know, Pink Floyd is one that has really, you know, stuck with me, resonated with me, and it has been a consistent fandom over many, many, many years. Awesome. And did you manage to catch any iteration of the band live? I did not. You know, that's my one, the downside. And well, I didn't get to see them play as a group together still pre, you know, Waters leaving in 85 or even, you know, a couple of their reunions after the fact. Um, I've seen Mason and Waters perform standalone, but I have not seen them as a band. And, you know, when they wrapped up Division Bell in, you know, 1994 in that tour, I just was too young. I hadn't had the opportunity to discover them yet. <laughs> 
So you, you mentioned in your initial email to us that you chased Nick Mason on the Source Full of Secrets tour. Well, I, I interestingly enough, I'd had a couple of these shows scheduled pre-pandemic, and they'd been rescheduled a couple times, but I had uh, gone to Chicago, Denver here in the United States, has also went to their final, final tour of the sh uh, season, um, or show rather, in Vancouver. So I flew all the way to Vancouver for 24 hours <laughs> wow. just to see their, their last set, and it was, it was an amazing time, you know, got to, in, in Denver and Chicago, through Friends of Friends, got to have dinner and you know have a good time with the guitarist and the keyboardist a saucerful so it was interesting to hear you know as to why that all came into effect you know so far after the fact and you know it was interesting because it, it is really marketed as a Sid Barrett show but the reality of it is and in, in chatting with Lee Harris and he's the guitarist one of the guitarists is that it, it's really a pre-Dark Side album. So, you know, the Sid Barrett thing is really relevant, but I love the fact that they really just hunker down and hit all the early stuff from Piper, Saucer, Full Metal, you know, some Obscured, some Relics. Um, it, it's just a really, really well done set. I, I'm, I'm really glad they did it, and I'm, I'm hoping they do it again next year, but we, they have not confirmed if they are or are not going to do it. Mm. Yeah, I've not actually heard Live at the Roundhouse, but I suppose it's the... It's the closest thing you're going to come to seeing Pink Floyd live these days. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I will tell you, if, if you do pick it up, I do have it on vinyl. Um, if you're into Adam Hart Mother, they do a fantastic rendition of Adam Hart Mother. Um, you know, one of these days from metal is just, they just nail it. it. It's it's so well done and I just love it. So it's worth a listen, even if you don't get the opportunity to see them in person. Awesome. And you touched upon it a little bit then, you, you brushed over it, but how did you end up having dinner with Lee Harris and, and Don Beacon? Don Beacon? <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, there's just, there are a group of us who, you know, have been fans for years and have, you know, gone to see Gilmore and Pompeii and Gdansk and you kind of get to know each other. And over the years, I have a friend who became friends with Lee Harris and I got invited to... Uh, dinner in both De uh, Denver and Chicago, which was a really good time. And Dom just happened to be available in uh, Chicago as well, so he joined us for the evening. So it was it was a really good time. It was good to kind of hear their stories about what tour life is like and playing with Nick Mason and kind of their thoughts as to, you know, what the forward-looking path is. But it was a really, really good time. It's a really good group of guys. That's amazing. That's brilliant. And so did you go all the way to Gdansk just to see... I did not. You know, that that's one thing I wish uh, it didn't work out for me. It was back in, I think, 06, and I work trip called, and, you know, I would move mountains to make that happen, and unfortunately, in this case, I had no option. So, no, I did not get to see Gdansk. Um, I did not get to go to Pompeii for the same reason. It's oh, a long way um, to but go. But at the same time, yes, I, it, it is, in fact, yes. But, you know, good news is one of, one of my good friends who... Um, got the Lee Harris connection, was front row in Pompeii. So I have seen some pretty, pretty amazing photographs and, and wish wish I could have been there, but it was all for naught. So. And, and when you met them, were you trying to wangle your way in to see Nick Mason as well? Just trying to slip in a, oh, when's Nick going to be in town? Maybe we can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where as much as I love to do that, I also try not to be the uh, obnoxious fan. So, you know, these things, if they fall into your lap, it's awesome. And if they don't, you know, you still have a good time and go to the show. But unfortunately, no, um, you know, with the pandemic and everything, Nick Mason, who typically would socialize with the guys is, you know, almost 80 years old, um, is on pretty heavy lockdown with their contract in the pandemic. So unfortunately, I didn't get mm. to meet him. But, uh, 
Maybe someday, maybe if they tour again, we'll see. Maybe someday. There's still time. Maybe someday, yes. <laughs> now, we really like it on this show when a fan has got their band name or logo permanently etched onto their skin. <laughs> and yes. you've taken that leap. I, I did. And, and it's funny because if anybody who is a Pink Floyd fan of, you know, the entire catalog says the Division Bell, that's interesting. Um, but yes, I, I do have the Division Bell uh, firmly tattooed on my upper back. It's rather large. Um, you know, but, but getting into it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I love the entire catalog. I know there are different phases. Um, but specifically when it came to the Division Bell, you know, I really got into it because I was at a time in my life I'd been... Um, you know, recently diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, just having a hard time with things. And on the division bell, there is the song Lost for Words, which, uh, you know, most people will know is kind of a passive dig at all Roger Waters. <laughs> um, but there are several lyrics within the song that I love talking about isolation and, you know, Ivy closing over the door and, you know, going through a really hard time in my life. It just kind of inspired me to uh, change some things. And, you know, from there... You just go down the rabbit hole of Pink Floyd and, you know, interestingly enough, I thought, oh, let's see what this Piper at the Gates of Dawn is about. And obviously sounds absolutely nothing like the Division Bell, um, but yeah. in giving it a listen, it's it's brilliant. Sid Barrett, you know, was a brilliant lyricist, so. Yeah, it's a very different era, isn't it? Very, very, very. But, you know, a lot of the interesting sounds they have, the light effects, you know, all the history of it's just fascinating, too. So they're, they're just a fantastic band. They're interesting. Um, it, it has been a fun ride over the 20 some odd years, just going down the rabbit hole, learning about them, hearing the stories. Um, no regrets. I, I've really enjoyed my time. And so as well as having the tattoo, do you have, are you into memorabilia? Have you, have you collected anything about, about Pink Floyd? I do. I, I do have every single, I mean, this isn't exciting from a dollar or pound standpoint, but I do have every single... Uh, record on vinyl have a I think I have a shirt from almost every album and I probably have about 10 division bell so right there that makes up for maybe if I don't have a momentary lapse we'll see um, <laughs> no but I you know recently started going down the uh, couple Facebook pages that are good for Pink Floyd collectors um, ah. and I've kind of been perusing some things but at this time my most coveted things are going to be uh, I did get a pretty amazing pick collection guitar pick collection from the saucer full of secrets one that guy pratt who took over for roger waters in uh 85 personally gave to me so that was pretty cool so you've met you've met guy pratt as well and i didn't have a conversation with him but it was he Just was passing. kind of part of yeah yeah but at the end you know one of my my favorite moments of my fandom and it wasn't even the floyd as the original group um but it was very neat because they ended saucer full of secrets uh the last show with the song bike by Sid Barrett and you know I happened to be front row right at the base of his mic so he I mean I tell myself he was singing to me you're the kind of, kind of girl that fits in my world obviously I'm not but it was just kind of fun to play along with it and have a good time the whole band was smiling so it was just it was a really good time but after the show was over and they did their bow he did come over to me and personally hand it to me and say thank you so much for coming we love it when real fans come <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. So, that's yeah. I mean, I don't know how many, you know, 40-year-old women are in the front row singing, you know, obscure stuff from Relics. So I, I think I probably stuck out a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's so. brilliant. So is there a fan club or are you just, uh, do you have a lot of friends that are equally as obsessed? Yeah, I, I do have some friends in real life, the people with whom I go to the shows, you know, went, went to Saucerful with. A um, couple of online Facebook groups that I admin along with. Um, there are five of us, including Ginger Gilmore, 
uh, who's David's ex-wife. Um, pretty big group we run there. Um, and then Matt Gilmore, who's David's son, also has a small fan page that I'm kind of in on and, and been, you know, chit-chatting with people for a while. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, it's always lighthearted fun, always good to talk about Pink Floyd and thoughts and have, you know, friendly debates over what your favorite this, this or that is. But, you know, overall, it's just a good group of people. Yeah, I think it helps with fandom as well. You know, definitely to maintain fandom over several decades when you've got a group of people around you that share that share that passion as well. Yep. And, and you keep crossing paths and, you know, running in the same circles and it, you know, just over time solidifies those relationships. And that's yeah. kind of the uh, the point I've come to. And it's it's been fun. So, so. are you a musician yourself as well? <laughs> I, I wish I could be. I, I do. Um, I do take lessons. I think I mentioned from David's son, Matt, uh, which is I'm not good because part of the autoimmune I mentioned earlier, I have rheumatoid arthritis. So I do have limitations in my hands. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I know I will never be, you know, on a stage or anything. But for me, it's more fun and just get to play along with Matt. And, you know, one of the coolest things is, you know, we'll be sitting in a lesson and he'll just pick up a guitar and it happens to be, you know, a Martin D35 that was used on Wish You Were Here that recently was gifted to Matt from his dad. Oh, my word. So it's just neat to sit here and think, you know, I'm playing songs with Gilmore's son on a guitar that, you know, was used in the making of Wish You Were Here, which is pretty cool. So, so I have to ask then, did you did you specifically seek out that? Yes. So it, it wound up being one of those things where I was kind of part of the fan group and got to know people and it wasn't an immediate thing. And, you know, after being kind of vetted and you know you're not there to be a groupie or you know bug them about pink floyd stories because i'm sure it gets kind of old for the family members but yeah about a year into being a fan he just messaged me and said hey you know i know you'd said something about wanting to learn guitar i do i do have some students if you would be interested and it just kind of went from there so it's cool he's in london of course uh, we do it through zoom since uh i'm over here in the united states but uh, it's a lot of fun and i've, I've learned quite a bit and it's always fun to hear you know when he's teaching me a tip or a trick to say hey you know this is what my my dad showed me when i was little so it's kind of like you're getting gilmore instruction but not that's amazing that's, yeah yeah just an amazing story yeah it, like i said these are things that i never in my life actively sought after it's just you meet people you you just make connections and next thing you know if you you know stick around and you really love the band you know I, I've been fortunate, I guess. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, with regards to their music, do you have a favorite album? Is, is that Division Bell? I do. And you, <laughs> it's funny you ask that. Um, you know, you would think with the giant insignia on my upper back that the Division Bell would be, but it actually is not. Uh, my favorite me album is Metal. <laughs> Always has okay. been. Um, I did the Division Bell because of the meaning to me. Um, but Metal, I just, there's something about one of these days and echoes that i'm telling you have you ever seen brit floyd live by chance no you have not well i know they do they do tour in the uk they they come to the united states uh tour play red rocks every summer if you do get an opportunity do see them because note for note even though we cannot see the original floyd ever again <laughs> they do a pretty amazing job and my point is you know the one of these days renditions whether it was brit floyd or Saucerful, because Saucerful also played it. There's just something about that that song and the the, sleet, the steel at the end there with Gilmore. It just hits you. So yeah, you would think Division Bell. Why are you saying metal? But there's it's a it's a good sound, and I and I love it because 
I think metal is where you really start to hear the direction that Pink Floyd is going, going into obscured and then, you know, eventually dark side, which obviously is, was really when they made it big. So yeah, I love mm. metal because you really start to hear the sound come together and what they started doing over the next few albums. Yeah, and it's interesting that you, you bring up Brit Floyd because actually Pink Floyd are quite unique in that they do have a, a really, well, I mean, you know, there's so many tribute bands uh, and cover bands yes. of Pink Floyd, <laughs> but a lot yeah. of Pink Floyd fans do really feed into that and uh, you know really enjoy their, enjoy their music and, and follow a lot of tribute bands. The only one I can think about in the United States that is a tribute band that gets to play a big venue is Brit Floyd. And they get to do right. Red Rocks in uh, Colorado every year, which is a, bi a big deal. <laughs> so they sell out consistently every year. And, you know, there are those of us who were you know, disappointed we will never get to see the original members. But this is as close as it's going to get. And it's it's still pretty darn good. So it's, it's worth a listen. It's worth a, it's worth a go if you get the opportunity. And, you know, Brit Floyd, to their credit, that's all they have done for the last 13 years. So, of course, they've gotten quite good at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm not generally a cover band type of person, but, you know, I've seen them about six times now, and they're just incredible, you know. And, it, and what I think, too, to their credit, you know, it's a lot different dynamic now in 2022 in terms of electronics, all the things that go into music. And so I'm sure even now, and, I, and I've talked to people who saw original Pink Floyd versus Brit Floyd now, and they say, you know, it's not that Brit Floyd is better necessarily, it's just it's better electronics. Um, but you can't take away from the original shine of the band because, you know, they, they're the originals and they're the best. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, these bands like Brit Floyd, they're doing their best to sound like the original. Um, sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, Pink Floyd have a, a pretty varied discography over, over the years, and they certainly have a good number of records, you know, 15 studio albums, yep. I think, and you got it. all the live releases, etc. So what's the record that's the best gateway for listeners who are not massively into Pink Floyd? And, and what's the yeah. album that you recommend to people? You know, and I will say this, and, and this is going to be about the most vanilla answer you're going to get. And I'm going to say Dark Side only because <laughs> um, I think if it, when I do talk to people who say they want to get into Dark Side, I say, you know what, you could start so many ways. But I think for my personal experience, just sit down, put on headphones, put Dark Side on in order and just sit back and relax and tell me <laughs> it is not an enjoyable experience. Um, you know, I usually tell people to start with Dark Side. Um, you know, I would never say start with Piper just because they would <laughs> kind of wonder, 15 albums, are we going to be listening to a lot of psychedelic stuff? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I can tell you, I think one of the most awestruck times I've ever had with the band, um, you know, in listening to an album going through dark side there is just something about when you go into us and them you know the sax and the piano it's just you know for a true floyd fan it's kind of religious in a weird way so I, I do tell people do dark side in order crank time really get into us and them i mean there's not a bad song on the album yeah i think so. it's very audibly accessible as well for people it's got it is it's one of the less of the very progressive elements that certainly the earlier albums have correct yep. um it's a much, right, you are going to be received by a broader group of people who yeah. will appreciate that type of music. Yep, I, I definitely agree. You know, now if someone comes to me and says they like really out there stuff, I might say, all right, let's start with the Sid Barrett stuff. Uh, but yeah, most of the time, Dark Side is, is where I always tell people to go. Awesome. Well, 
I really appreciate you sharing your passion with us. It's been it's been really fantastic to hear. Um, yeah, no problem. And I appreciate hope you, you can... reaching out. And usually I don't get excited about things, but you know, with my history, any any opportunity to talk about Pink Floyd, I'm I'm in. There we go. Thanks, Nikki. I love a super fan with a tattoo. I've got a few tattoos, but I haven't got any of my vitriol ones. And since we started the podcast, I do sometimes consider getting an MV. Yeah, just to, to sort of up your super fan status. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to, to show the world that I am real. I am who I say I am. To get it on your forehead. Uh, What, like the Drake woman? Have you seen a woman that's got Drake on her forehead? Yes. Yes, exactly like that. Do you think that's real? Do you think she really got Drake tattooed on her forehead? Yeah, I I think it's real. Wow. Um, but also, also, what's funny is that you, when you Google Drake tattoo head, the head tattoo, there are actual tattoos of that woman. Oh no way! <laughs> so, so someone's got a, a tattoo of this woman who has got a tattoo of Drake on her forehead. Wow, yeah. that's meta, isn't it? It's, it's like brilliant. yeah, it's proper proper meta, yeah. But yeah, tattoos are awesome. Yeah, did, didn't we have loads of tattoos on our yes, we had for placebo. placebo. Yeah, placebo. She had so many placebo specific placebo tattoos. She couldn't remember how many there were. That was that was brilliant. I, I have I have a prince symbol on my arm, and it's surrounded by purple, and it's got some prince lyrics around it. Which oh, I'm, what lyrics have you got around it? Oh, I I'm not going to say because oh. they're very personal to me. Oh, um, very good. But they're not they're not any of the rude ones. <laughs> and and they're they're not they're not it's not a famous Prince song like only Prince fans will know what that says. Cool. So Spotify have released this week uh, Spotify Wrapped, which is their end of year feature where it gives you a breakdown of all your it gives you a breakdown, gives you a mental breakdown, <laughs> gives you a breakdown of your top artists of the year, what you've been listening to, and top mm. songs and such. Uh, have you got yours? You know what I. I don't seem to have anything like I've got. Well, I've got top songs 2022, but they're more like the songs that I have listened to the most. They aren't modern songs by any stretch of the imagination because it's me. So there's a lot of lot of old school soul and Peppa Pig and things like that. Well, I knew Peppa would make an appearance in there. Oh, bloody hell. So are you, are you not using Spotify like that much now? It's more practical reasons. I tend to use YouTube just because it's easier for me to get to, but at the same time, YouTube is just crazy with adverts. Whereas with Spotify, you can at least change the song a couple of seconds before the end of a song, and then you miss the adverts. Oh, sneaky! I didn't know that happened. I I always do that. Well, interesting because I had Spotify Premium until this month, and now I'm debating as to whether to get Premium again or go for YouTube. What's it called? YouTube Premium? I can't remember. Because a lot of people are moving over to YouTube now because with the with the premium you don't have any ads and you can lock your phone. And that's a big thing because if yeah. I can if I can listen to YouTube with my phone locked and no ads, I'm debating yeah. whether that's better. But I do little things like this Spotify wrapped is there's there's some good features on Spotify. I like it. I've got my wrapped for the year. It's very predictable. <laughs> I wonder yeah. I wonder if you case. can guess my uh, my top five. So number one, what do you think my number one artist for the year was? Is it my vitriol? It is indeed. What do you think my so, number two artist of the year was? Is it my vitriol again? No, that's no, not. Give me a clue. Male frontman, mostly popular in the mid to late nineties and early noughties. You know, it's not. It's not narrowing it down enough. You aren't a fan of this guy's voice. 
Oh, Smashing Pumpkins. No, Matchbox 20. Oh, match- oh, of course. I'm surprised yes. you didn't guess that. Yeah, no, I forgot. You, you absolutely have a massive obsession with Rob yes. Thomas, haven't you? Yes, yeah, I do. You're, yeah. you're, you're basically stalking him, aren't you? Yes, I do definitely go through phases of, of stalking uh, Rob Thomas. Number three is a female-fronted band. Paramore. Paramore, indeed. And four and five, I don't think you'll get. They're a bit more obscure, but um, they are bands that I listen to a lot. And that is Fuel and Tonic. Yeah, I, th- I haven't listened to Tonic that much recently, though. So I, th- I guess at the beginning of the year, I was listening to a lot of Tonic, which is good because they need the listens. And one of those bands that seem to have, I don't know, like if you listen, if you look at how many listens they're getting on Spotify and you look at their follow account on Twitter and stuff, they seem to have disappeared a little bit and no, not yeah. have much of a fan base now, which is a real shame because I think they're a really underrated band. But anyway, that's my mm. top five for the year. Pretty predictable. Yeah. Pretty predictable. Yes, that's what we'd call that. <laughs> yeah um i don't have anything else except i've got to say pink floyd are stupendous and i will get back into them and and also thank you pink floyd fans i think pink floyd fans are super cool human beings because okay so there was <laughs> there's a band that we were trying to get a super fan for for i was probably trying to do it for a, about a week and i i can't, there's lots of times when i thought oh we're nearly there we're nearly there no no and then i thought oh, let's do pink floyd no you suggested pink floyd so i put ads out asking for super fans i mean two hours we had people applying amazing and they are really big fans there's so many big fans like i found people who have got their entire houses decorated with pink floyd merchandise and and people who make pink floyd artwork as their main hobby they are just obsessed with pink floyd like it's it's incredible and there's so much artwork out there like cool things you can buy like ornaments and you know interesting things for your house (laughs) as i've found you can have a pink floyd house quite easily someone i know has got a framed piece of art on their wall which is Mm. it looks very cool but it's like the wavelengths from I don't know what song it is by Pink Floyd. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a piece of art. Apparently, it's it's yeah yeah. I, I wonder if there's people out there who can actually recognise the song just by looking at the wavelength. I bet there is. There are people out there who can recognise like classical music by looking at the grooves on a piece of vinyl. That's phenomenal. Yeah, like like not just the the piece of music, but also like who's playing it. It's insane. It's like a superpower. Yeah, it it's a, it's a useless superpower, but it's really it's, interesting. It's useless but amazing at the same time. All right. On that note, if you are a super fan and you want to be featured on an episode, then please get in touch. You can reach us via the contact form on superfannews.net. If you've not been to Superfan News before, then please check it out anyway. It's our music review platform. You can also contact us at superfancasteroutlook.com or find us on any of the social medias, but not Instagram or TikTok. Or, in fact, you can only find us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but you can only find us on the ones that old people use, apparently. Yeah, well, apparently. I think Twitter's going that way as well now. Soon Twitter's going to be the, the Facebook of, of 2022, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going off a cliff now. But yeah, thanks for thanks for listening again. And we look forward to you joining us in a couple of weeks for the next episode. And until then, stay safe, everybody. Keep rocking. And we'll see you next time. Bye.